listening to I Might Be Wrong, a podcast hosted by myself, Rich Needham, and my co-host, Henry Salmon. Welcome back. I am with Henry again, and we are still recording in person. We thought we'd get through a few of these so that we can give you the best possible conversation for your ears before we go into lockdown and we're not able, not able to talk to each other again. Yeah, it's better than my dodgy microphone at home, and the side is better. So, Well, you finally managed to get some kind of proper sound set up with that so you, you don't sound like you're at the back end of a toilet anymore yeah i spent a whole like 25 pounds on a microphone so <laughs> splashing the cash <laughs> money is no exp- no problem for um i might be wrong well to be fair we are talking into 15 pound microphones now but i guess they're cheaper <laughs> when they don't have to be usb <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right so having gone as diverse as rage against the machine and Coldplay over the last two weeks we're taking another big swerve what have you got for us musically i have a little gem from iceland in uh, Sigurós is the band brilliant that, um, i think we should talk about and the album i want to talk about is untitled um it's the brackets album yeah i was wondering what what we're supposed to call this but you said brackets is is it so Sigurós didn't name the brackets album partly i think it was because a lot of the songs on there were played in live performances previously so okay for a couple of years they had tracks on this album and they started to kind of form them into an album at a later stage so okay they didn't really write this album it kind of appeared so um <laughs> so more one of those albums where they're just recording stuff and writing stuff and then they're like oh we've we've got loads of music we should maybe release an album yeah exactly okay. um so it followed um their big breakthrough Mm-hmm. Um, um, and at this point, I'm going to have to start um, apologising for my Icelandic. Um, so, Sigurós are from Iceland. Uh, they're from Reykjavik, and uh, all of their song titles are either written in um, in Icelandic, or they're in Hopelandish, which is the lead singer's basically gobbledygook. It's it's nothing. It's a it's a made up language that he uses more of a sound than to put words across. And there's definitely an element of that with Sigurós. Because obviously most of the time they're not singing in English, whether they're singing in Icelandic or in gobbledygook, there's an element of the vocals are more of an instrument than actually providing a message through through the words. Yeah, so let's go just back before the Brackets album to, I guess, the album that really got them known, mm-hmm. um, which is, um, and yeah, sorry, it's Ag- Agatis Björn, Björn, Björn. Something like that. Um, so that, that, it's, it's just going to be loads of that throughout this podcast. So we're really sorry, but we can't say any of these words. Um, so Agatis Bion, I think, was released in 1999. It, it mm-hmm. means it's translated as a good start. Okay. The reason it's translated as a good start is because they played to, I think they played Agatis Bion to one of the band members, brothers or sisters, and they said, what do you think? And they said, oh, that's a good start. <laughs> Great. I love that. Named that's it. so good. Bam. That's the name of the song. Sigaros, by the way, uh, means Victory Rose. So okay. it's uh, it's kind of almost named after, I, th- I think it's Jonesy's sister. Um, there are three of them, or there were three of them back in, in 1994. There was um, Jonesy, Biggerson, Georg Holm, and 
August Gunnison, and apologies to all of those band members. They won't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> if they ever happen to listen to our podcast, we're so sorry. If, if anyone's from Iceland... Well, you see, this is now my get-out clause, because the album that we're talking about has no title on the album and no titles on the tracks, um, which is mega. But that first album caught a lot of people by surprise. It's, it was very, very quiet. Their sound is quite orchestral. It's almost visual in that you hear their music and if you shut your eyes, you kind of disappear off to a to another place. I think I liken their music most to a film score that just didn't happen to be on a film. They are very cinematic. And it's it's a very, we've talked about this in the past, a lot of bands from Iceland and from the Scandinavian nations take a lot of inspiration from their surroundings, from those incredible, beautiful landscapes. I don't, have you been to Iceland? No. Okay. So I went to Iceland maybe a year and a half, two years ago with a small group of friends and we drove around and it's like being on a completely different planet. It's so stark and different and beautiful and mind-blowing and crazy that you can understand why bands from those places make this ethereal, almost alien music. Yeah. And that's partly why I like them. They will provide a soundtrack to either your life or a TV program or a film. Um, and they have done, um, which we'll probably come on to in a second with one of their f- more famous tracks on a on a later album. But the album that is my favourite, and it's probably a little bit controversial, is the Brackets album, which is, uh, I guess it's their second big album that came out. And I think a lot of people would like the first one because it was their introduction to Sigur Ross. The Brackets album is very quiet. It's almost like a, it's almost funeral paced. It's very, very mm-hmm. quiet. And it's released in two parts. So each side of the brackets represents half the album. Okay. The first bracket is quiet. And then the second half is is a bit louder, but that's, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a always, relative. It's always relative to Sigur <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, they do actually start to kind of rock out on some of their later albums. But that's it's, true. That's probably wrong. The the first half is lighter and the second half is more morose and melancholic. So okay. rather than um, quite loud, it's kind of slightly brighter and slightly darker, I guess. But yeah, this album was introduced to me actually here in Bristol, but not in this house. It was a friend of ours where we'd gone out for a night out and got absolutely ruined. You were there. And <laughs> we ended up crashing on on this floor in this house. There were four of us, or three of us on the floor of this living room. And Tom came into the room. Uh, we were staying at his dad's place. This was after uni though, right? This would have been 2006 or 2007 when yeah, we, went back we went back to visit. That's right. Because there's no reason why we would have crashed three on a floor unless we were there to catch up and see him. I sh- it must have been. But that's where the Brackets album oh, really? first landed in my head. I don't remember. I do not remember listening to that, but the end of that night is very hazy for me. So I know when you were talking about. It was a big night out and he he put the Brackets album on. You know when those mornings after a drinking session where you're lying on the floor and you don't know whether you're, de- you're going to feel awful or feel okay. Yeah. And you're kind of just, if I move, then the result will happen. And I don't know whether I'm in a bad place yeah. or I'm okay. Schrodinger's Hangover. Yeah. So he put this album on um, and the first two songs went past and I was basically blacked out, so I didn't really hear them. Track three and track four, which have since been titled, I'm going to say it because I just... Um, so um, <laughs> Sam's Katie and uh, Just Nieblin, those two 
were ones that I woke up to. And okay. they are, and they remain, my favourite tracks to wake up to or to start a new day to, ever. Nice. They are absolutely okay, cool. magical pieces of music. And they start such quietly, they will slowly build you up, and by the end of it, you will feel in a happier and lighter place. Um, nice. I, they are wonderful, wonderful pieces of music. And Sigaros have this way of very gently building up a sound. And in these two tracks, um, I think they've created just little masterpieces. Cool. Yeah, I think I found Sigaros earlier than that, but not much earlier. So I I really love Tack as an album. And that album for me, I'm almost certain I found it because of the BBC Wildlife Blue Planet, I think. Yeah. Um, one of them. It's the Attenborough one, wasn't it? One of many David Attenborough-led uh, BBC Nature series basically used it as their opening titles for the for the for the whole of the series, and I was like, "This is amazing!" So it's Hoppipola off Tack, yeah, and it's an unbelievable, beautiful piece of music. And you will, if you've never heard of Sigaros, you can put this on; you will instantly recognise it. I have a surprise quiz for you, Rich. Oh God. Is this revenge for the Taylor Swift Yeah, nonsense? this is revenge. We I don't know whether we'll have put that out before this airs, so maybe I'll have to try and do an edit and get that out first. Taylor Swift should probably go in the bin because I was quite drunk, but anyway. No, it's not. It's getting it's getting aired. Okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, so your quiz is this. So Hobby Polar, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, the song. What is the translation of that? And I'll give you three choices. <laughs> is Hobby Polar hopping in puddles? Is Hoppy Polar hope and progress, or is it thermal springs? I think it's hopping in puddles. You're correct. It yes. is hopping in puddles. <laughs> Just because I really want it to be. And it sort of sounds like it. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it must mean the Icelandic puddles are some of the best and most majestic and most wonderful <laughs> puddles to hop into because it just the sound if I had that in my ear ears I wouldn't have thought of oh, just hop around in some puddles I can think of it as like if you've come out of the Icelandic winter and the very very short days that they have over there and you've got this spring and it's been raining and it's all starting to warm up and you're starting to get puddles and you've got beautiful sunny skies slowed down somebody like bouncing into puddles like seeing someone on the moon i could see that yeah and they um from tech that's when they did get super famous i mean that's the thing that launched their fame because i think a lot of people heard that track and then went oh this is amazing i want to go and listen to it and yeah i don't know that they've ever been super famous but they've certainly got a level of cult fame from from that album and from that track yeah and i think cult fame is right i mean they they appeared on game of thrones as a kind of cameo appearance just because and played a band there and that's the kind of level of cultishness that Sigaros have got to really yeah absolutely I I love um Celeste from that album as well that's another great track that whole album actually is is brilliant and I was to be honest I was tossing a coin (laughs) where actually I needed three coins or three sides of a coin to work out which of the three albums I was going to talk about but purely on a personal reason the brackets one got it from just those two songs almost i think that's fair and and given that neither of us can pronounce any of the names we'll we'll throw some tracks off off the albums onto the playlist to make sure that we've got a selection on there yeah we should the reason that the brackets album sounds 
so sparse. They they recorded it in an abandoned swimming pool in um Amazing. and they wanted to get a, their piano in there and couldn't fit it in through the door, so they had to take the roof off the building and crane in a piano to <laughs> dr- pop it into the swimming pool so they could make this sound. Um, well done to them. I'm, I'm glad they did because uh, it does sound cracking. But oh man, the reverb on their albums is incredible. The way that they use reverb almost as a as a specific design choice for their music is wonderful and i think it's part of they're one of those bands i think a lot of people will have heard of the xx maybe more people have heard of the xx than Sigur ross but the xx use silence and lingering echoes of a note in the same way that Sigur ross do so if you're an xx fan and you don't know Sigur ross go and have a listen yeah exactly but yeah and, and since then they've just been doing their thing they've well they release an album every three or four years don't they they seem to anyway they've got one coming up nice yeah so they've got a new album that's um that's on the way so the other album we should talk about quickly before we go on to the latest stuff i can't pronounce it but their 2008 album the one after tack was probably the last one that i listened to properly before i lost track of them and there's a couple of tracks on there again festival is the one that i can pronounce but the one after festival as well are just wonderful so festival is about nine minutes long and it's really quiet for a large chunk of the the track and then it just does this massive build to a crescendo towards the end and yeah. i love it i mean this is obviously uh med to the olim um <laughs> i'm genuinely <laughs> impressed that you're getting anywhere near that i couldn't even start to try and read those words um it's this album's the happiest album and I think people yeah. annoyed or bored, and I think people, some people will get bored with Sigaros. And I think if you are bored with some of the albums that are previous to this, this is more uplifting. It's more upbeat. It's happier, and it's a really good kind of gateway album to Sigaros in in a way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Have you listened to much after that? Actually, uh, yeah. So I listened to um, Valtteri, mm-hmm. or Valtari, or however. You- uh, whatever um that was in 2012 if you're quibbling over where the um where <laughs> yeah, you're putting the, 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 <laughs> the emphasis yeah whatever and also i bought kvico which is the the follow-up to that they're all more of the same and you, you kind of know what you're dealing with with cigaros and you kind of have these soundscapes and some people will love the fact that there are so many of these albums to me they do start blending into one a little bit I think that that was my issue with where they went after that 2008 album was they they had a long break and I was expecting them to come back with something a bit different and a bit of an evolution of the sound and it sort of was very much same again and it it's lovely but it just didn't grab me in the way that some some of the stuff on tack and some of the stuff on that that next album just really really got in my head. Yeah, the, the new album sounds interesting. That there's a few songs floating around, which I can't work out whether it's actually from Sigaros or whether it's other people doing a collaboration. Okay, um, that's just, there's a song that's just appeared on my Spotify, which doesn't sound like Sigaros, um, or at least it's <laughs> more instrumental. Vergmal. Yes, put that onto the playlist okay. because no one's going to find it if they try and <laughs> type in what you just said. Um, but it is Vergmal, or Dv- yeah. That's quite interesting. It's not... Okay, I haven't listened to it. The, 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 how do I describe it? Uh, the, the harmonies and the chord sequences sound Sigaros-ish, but the, the instruments aren't. So okay, they've got a slightly different setup. It, it, it's, it's different enough to sound interesting. Check it out. 
See, that is something I think I would be interested in because just purely because of that, it's Seager Ross, but it's Seager Ross doing something a little bit different. And I like the idea of that. Yeah, I don't know whether this is going to be on their new album or not. Okay. If their new album is recorded like this, then I'm really interested because <laughs> it's almost a departure from the um, the strings and the keys, keyboards that they've, they're have they famous for. Cool. All right. Wicked. Sounds good. Have you seen them live? No, you have. I have. Um, I saw them at End of the Road. They headlined End of the Road must be five years ago now, four or five years ago. It was a while back. So End of the Road is a festival that I've talked about a fair bit, but I don't know whether I've ever mentioned the fact that it is basically the first weekend in September most of the time. So they deliberately put it on the weekend after the bank holiday weekend, because obviously the bank holiday weekend is Reading and Leeds and there's a load of other stuff going on. The reason why it's called End of the Road is when they launched it, it was the last festival in the calendar. Nice. So it's like a nice chilled out small festival to go to if, if you just needed that extra hit. Yeah. The problem with that is that while it is wonderful and often the weather is great, I've only ever had one really bad year there in eight or nine. The problem with it is that you then get these beautiful, wonderful, clear skies, sunny days, nice and warm. But at night time, the temperature absolutely plummets. Yeah. So I was watching Seagull Ross and I'd, I'd wrapped up. I'd done what I thought I needed to do. And I was just getting colder and colder and colder throughout their set where eventually I just had to go and find somewhere to warm up. Yeah. Uh, and they so, yeah, I didn't it. watch... Didn't watch the whole of the... Yeah, they would they would have thought it was probably a little bit balmy for their liking. But, fresh. but yeah, it was one of those things where I enjoyed what I saw. They played Hopper Polo, which was what I cared about. Yeah. And they were lovely, but the problem is because they've got that very similar sound and a lot of the more recent albums I haven't really listened to... I sort of just got to the point where I was like, yeah, this is this is nice, but I'm now really, really cold. And I need to go and sit somewhere warm and drink yeah. drink a beer. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't seen them. Um, I wouldn't rush to, I don't think. But I think they're one of those bands that if you happen to catch them at a festival, they're great. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, maybe if they played a big open air thing in Bristol or in Cardiff or something like that, I'd go to it. Yeah. That, I'd agree with you there. Maybe if their new album is epic, then I will seek out a live set. Yeah, that's it's coming out, I think, in um, in probably a month or two. Okay. So it's time for, well, unless they're all put in jail, which... <laughs> what? Yeah, so... <laughs> hang on, hang on. How have you left this right to the end? <laughs> so, um, yeah, they. it sounds like they were done for tax evasion in 2014. Um, okay. Their accountant basically thought he could do a tax wheeze and it turned out the wheeze was 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 bad so they all went to court and they were ordered to pay back the money plus all sorts of fines so they did mm-hmm. they pay back everything in full they pay back all this like extra percentage in in fines on top of that they're now going to court again and somehow the Icelandic legal system has said oh yeah you paid everything off and you've gone through court once but we're going to have another go at you and as a result i think one of the bands definitely fled the country the other two are thinking you're doing the same thing. And basically, the end result is if they lose and then in Iceland, they're going to get locked up. Wow, that is... And there's got to be more to that story. I'm going to have to go and have a look and find out what's going on. Yeah. surely if you've already paid off the money and the fines, you'd think that unless there's something else extra sketchy going on that they've they've sort of covered up even more money tax evasion stuff yeah. and they're like you found the first layer but there's a whole nother layer like I, I can't imagine why you would end up 
yeah. going to prison for something where you've basically already sorted it. It's interesting. And in yeah, their, their accountant was from um, one of the big four. Go and look it up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name names here, but, right? But anyway, it's all looking a bit, bit unhappy for for us Icelandic buddies. Yeah, the Icelandic government doesn't fuck around when it comes to these things. So when the financial crisis hit in what oh eight oh nine, and you look at the people that were prosecuted for all the shit that happened around there. I think there was one American banker that went to prison for stuff that was involved on their side. And there were maybe a tiny, tiny handful, maybe two or three Brit bankers that went to prison. And then in Iceland, it was like a third of the major leads of all the banks over there just got fucked because they were like, this is not okay. We're not, we're not dealing with this again. You lot are done. Yeah. You knew what you were up to. Yeah, they did. And, and that's the thing. They don't mess around. They don't mess around. And also you can't really hide. So in Iceland, they <laughs> they do have, I mean, it's effectively a family tree from what I can work out. There are some main branches to it, but you know who you're related to. You literally can look up the Icelandic family tree and work out where you are on it, which is amazing. Well, there's less than a million permanent residents on Iceland. Yeah. I think it's like 400,000, 500,000. It's a really small population compared to everywhere else in the world. Yeah. And it's all mostly focused in Reykjavik. Like yeah. You get out of Reykjavik, you'll see like a couple of houses every 10 miles. Yeah. And the occasional small town that's got like a couple hundred people in it. And that's a major conurbation for them. Yeah. I mean, if, if you see smoke, it's more likely to come from a volcano than someone's <laughs> house. So it's... A- absolutely but yeah a friend of mine went there and he um he came back pretty wide-eyed i was talking to him about it in a pub and he went there for a, a lads weekend and i said it's fucking I, expensive for a lads weekend i tell you that much yeah, alcohol there is not cheap he's and i he basically explained the nights out in icelanders you're either going to end up in bed with someone or beaten up they the icelandics do like to kind of they do like to party yeah. and uh he said it's totally bonkers out there we didn't end up going out particularly because we were on a relatively limited budget and the people I'd gone with wanted to do the see as much stuff as possible of the landscapes and the places mm-hmm. rather than necessarily going and partying. But yeah, I think they're like the Finnish and some of the other more bonkers Scandi nations where they're just like, if you're going out, you're going out hard. Yeah, L- long may that continue. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the, the Scandi culture. So nice. Yeah, that's all good. Would you say that they have been an influence on other stuff that you've listened to? No, they sit in this nice little hungover corner of my brain where (laughs) if I've had a bad day and I need to listen to some kind of quiet music. Actually, when we talked about the podcast and I thought about this album, I listened to the Brackets album in full, which I haven't done in a long time. Mm -hmm. And the feeling of space is is brilliant if you've got yeah. a stuff to do then for an hour and 10 minutes just whack it on and you can work away to it and it just it's a wonderful album to listen to so um they haven't yeah they haven't introduced me to anyone but it's great how about you so i think that they opened up some appreciation to like you say using quiet and space in music so for me i think Bands like the XX, who I've already mentioned, that do that really well. Just getting into some of that stuff where it's a bit more accepting of the quiet. Right. Which, you know, you go back to 2005. And even even though I liked some bands like Turin Breaks, who were more in the quiet end of the spectrum, I think using quiet as or silence as an instrument was something that I'd not really considered before Sigur Rós. 
So yeah, definitely got a musical element of my brain that has been influenced there. Yeah, I mean, I I think I was going to say, if you don't know them, then they're worth a go. But actually, I think everyone will know them because of Hoppy Polar. Yeah, I think I think they're one where if you go and listen to Hoppy Polar, you'll recognise that. But maybe they're there might be things that are triggered to go and have a little bit of a listen beyond that if you've only really ever heard that track. Yes, Brackets is less in your face and then the uh, whatever the album is where they're all running around naked. Yeah, um, the, the Naked cover album I think is probably the most accessible, like you say. Yeah. So try try that one, see if you like it. And if you want to get a bit more insular and deep, then, then Brackets. Yeah. So and Tack, of course. Exactly. Cool, good one. Yeah, that's like that. Ross. Yeah. Cheers. Good. Thank you for listening to another episode of I Might Be Wrong.